Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. Welcome to this week's version of Try Hard's podcast. Uh, Danielle Sean Waterman, true to form, has just rammed a banana down her <laughs> Hasn't touched the inside of her mouth at all. It's literally gone straight down in an aggressive manner. I know that I cover this on a weekly basis on the pod at the moment, but it just feels like a real cornerstone of this friendship that your banana eating scares me. And you- I, I can't believe I just did this. I genuinely can't believe I just did this because I'm I'm now sat here with half a banana in the skin in one hand. And well, I think I managed to nail half of it in like one bite. And I've got a little nubbin left that I might just eat just I to give me the energy. I'm in a position that I have to record this podcast with my anxiety levels very high because of the anxiety inducing banana eating no I'm sorry um tell you what if just on a random food chat as we tend to um guess what I bought at Tesco's yesterday what did you buy at Tesco's yesterday well I won't say what I guessed off air when you wouldn't tell me because <laughs> uh, it was rude did you buy a, I'll give you a million I'll give you a million pounds if you guess Oh. I don't have a million, but I'll give you, I'll give you anything you want that I own. Oh my God. It, actually, just thinking, if I could, if you could have anything that I own, what would it be? One of your Team GB kit bags. Not, not the stuff inside it, the bag. What, the big wheelie bags? Yeah. Because I would just like tell people I was a, a former Olympic <laughs> and I wouldn't like, I wouldn't tell them what sport, but I would just make out. And I'd be like, I don't like to talk about it, but I would, I would just keep. I don't like going. to talk about it, but I've got a massive bright red yeah. wheelie bag right. with Team oh GB God. written all over it. I can't, can't believe that I've had to bring this bag with me. You know what, buddy? What sport would you would you do at the Olympics? Um, what sport would I do at the Olympics? At the Commonwealth Games, I do bowls, obviously. <laughs> Uh, bit of quite. Um, at the Olympics. Oh, 
goodness me uh, it's a tough one shooting one of- archery or something like that wouldn't be archery um, no carpal tunnel you wouldn't be able to <laughs> i once got a very bad bruise from doing archery on a thompson super family holiday so it wouldn't be archery perhaps target shooting i'd like to think that i would be at the winter olympics i'd do biathlon because i think i'd be quite good at that because shooting i'm reasonably good at and cross-country skiing and it's quite an endurancey ski and then i just have a little van show at the end i don't know whether they do <laughs> Mate, that I- I feel like I feel like your image of um you know the skiing through the through the mountains you know working hard in your in your what's it called in your your onesie (laughs) um in your life for a onesie it is have you ever tried um cross-country skiing yeah have you ever been skiing yes mate I grew up in New Zealand we used to go to the mountains all the time yeah, I know. Um, but like a lot of rugby players haven't skied. That's why I asked you that because obviously no, I, you and you're playing. Have I not told that's you? This I grew thing. up in New Zealand. I used to ski all the time. Okay, that was like 25 years ago. Have you skied <laughs> recently? Is no, um, because I no because I wasn't allowed. It was part of our contract to say you weren't allowed to go skiing. Should we book a ski trip? Let's go. No, mate. I I can't even walk without getting injured like do you honestly like, think I, I could... i'm not about i don't go off piece i don't do any red and black runs i do a blue run i do a green run i go to the cafe i drink a bottle of red wine i do a blue run i do a green run i go home i wash my hair and i get on the app prey. you'd have a whale of a time with me uh, so when we were teenagers so we did grow up um in new zealand and we used to go to whakapapa um which was close to us and then um, went skiing and um yeah like it, what was bad is obviously as everyone knows the story of what two big brothers everything they did I wanted to do that included getting the the big feet or the figgles the short skis and my brothers would have no fear especially Joe and they would fly down over um jumps and stuff and basically make me do them as well and I remember my brother decided to take me to the top of a black mogul run and not tell me as I went over the edge and basically cried all of the way down it was so awful and then we um we went back I must have been a oh we went to France at some point so like early teens and um we were I was on the ski lift with Joe and um and as we w- went off to get off the top of the ski lift, I tripped because Joe just flew in front of me. So I like buckled and my ski got caught in the <laughs> in the um, in the seat. Yeah. And it kept, was dragging me basically around and my brother just skied off <laughs> and they, they had to shut down the biggest ski lift on the mountain <laughs> because my skier got caught. And they thought I thought I was genuinely going to go down. back down. And right. I got the what was worse, what was more painful was the fact that I had to obviously take off the skis. I was mortified as like a 12, well, as a 13, it was so yeah. embarrassed. And my brother had waited for me at the top, like around the corner. I don't know what he was doing. And he skied over to me and punched me on the arm so hard for embarrassing him. And I had a dead arm for the rest of the day. So yeah, my brother um, punching me was worse than actually nearly dying off a skill <laughs> off a ski so, Let's circle back. Um, what did you buy in Tesco's? <laughs> 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 actually, 
I haven't even told you the best story about Apre. Oh, I'm going to tell you the story about Suba. 14 years old. I was with my mum, my cousin, who must have been like mid 20s. My mum must have been, if I was 14, she must have been like mid 50s. And we went to this bar. I hadn't, I wasn't drinking. Obviously, I was in there like partying, um, dancing away. And this young German guy came over and asked me, who my mum was and I was like as if like to chat her up and I honest to god have never been so mortified um, and my mum was loving it she was like partying <laughs> dancing she yeah obviously she's got it I mean you've still you partied with you can imagine you partied with Suba in Hong Kong at the age of 70 so you imagine what she was like in in her 50s <laughs> um, so please everyone is on the edge of their seats here what did you buy in Tesco's? It's not even that good. <laughs> we toast. Wow. Wow. I apologise. Tell you what. I apologise <laughs> for the build up to that. <laughs> we went global with the build up for that. Um, unbelievable cereal. We used to have them. It was yeah. the only chocolate cereal we were allowed as kids. Same. You used to get I don't know why. Changing spoons. Do you remember those? No. Yeah, Wheatos used to have, like, obviously when cereal had free gifts in it, they always used to have colour-changing spoons. Oh, wow. Yeah, Sophie and I were absolutely mad for them. You know what? We, when we were little, so I it was the only chocolate-flavoured chocolate cereal we were allowed. And um, we also, I was banned, I was not allowed to have toast in the mornings. I used to have um, toast my breakfast every morning before school. Oh God. Every morning. Um, yeah, I wasn't allowed it because I didn't drink milk. And so it was the only way that my mum could force us to have milk every day was by making us having cereals. And I used to go up to my friend Dion's house and used to have sleepovers and literally love life because I would have butter and marmite on toast in the mornings. <laughs> um, okay, now guess what I bought in Lidl on Saturday? Um, um and I didn't just buy one, I bought NJJ one as well. So dad and I matching wake lion shirt wetsuits. What why did you buy wetsuits? Because we're gonna Devon next month and so that we can like go boogie boarding and go in the sea and they had Dude, what did you say boogie boarding. Boogie boarding, isn't it? Bodyboarding. Some people call it boogie boarding. <laughs> Lots of people call it boogie boarding. And you do a little bit of dance, a little bit of boogie. Um, so, yeah, we've got matching wetsuits from Lidl. Mine's pink, his is blue. Um, oh my God, you've gone for a... black with like pink. I was going to say, please don't say. You... Um, yeah. You look like a giant, <laughs> if, you're in a... if you think, you look like a giant nose. <laughs> no, it's black with, it's very sporty. It's a shorty. <laughs> It, honestly, I put it on. I don't think I've ever put anything on that looks less flattering in my life. Mate, they're horrendous. Wetsuits are horrendous. Yeah. They, they're not good. If you've, if you've got boobs, wetsuits are, are not good. Yeah, it's like one sausage. It's like a big <laughs> sausage across the front. 
Um, but I feel like we're not talking about the real reason we're here. <laughs> Happy Lions announcement day. The squad is out there, tryhards. I'm sure you've all got opinions. We're going to have a chat about it. But first of all, Danielle Sean Waterman, the way that the Lions squad announced is quite unique. Does that bear any relevance to the way that England World Cup squads would have been announced over the years? Um, you know what? It's interesting. So I was trying to think about this morning how I got told about like World Cup squads. And I don't know if I remember. I think one of them was maybe posted on the WhatsApp group. I can't remember 2006. I was trying to work out whether emails were around then, <laughs> whether I would have had Maybe a pigeons <laughs> or phone call. I know for my first cap, I got a phone call um, from Jeff Richards, who's like the scariest man ever. Actually, I think I got told when I was shopping with my brother in a supermarket and he was throwing things at me in the aisle and not knowing that Stop I was on the phone to, yeah, not knowing I was on the phone to the scariest man in the world, Jeff Richards, telling me that I was going to be in maybe that was the first world cup squad i'm not sure um i i think probably the only time that the media have found out um the same time or maybe slightly before the players was um in the last few years i played for england a squad was announced on twitter before it went to the players which oh wow <laughs> it was it obviously went down like a lead balloon and loads of people got really grumpy i thought it was funny i don't even know what i was saying but i thought it was really funny um and yeah, I did feel, I can't remember who it was, but they were, they were gutted that they'd made the error, but hey, you know what? I know what it feels like to be a lion. <laughs> how do you think you would have dealt with an announcement like today? Um, do you think you would have been, tried to be with people, tried to be on your own? Um, what, what do you think? It's awful, mate. Hey. I'm, it would have been awful. I'm a, I'm a wobble you. I'm a waterman. <laughs> I didn't wait, but I would have been like, crossing off who were the other fullbacks or people that could possibly cover wing fullbacks from half um sorry about that um, <laughs> um yeah like I don't know it I you know listening to the team and as teams as names are coming out all of a sudden I was like working out my alphabet and going back like who would miss yeah. out at the same time as like happy and giving this like little cheer and like yeah. whoop to Have the names that were coming out from Northampton no so they've obviously been training so the boys the announcement was made whilst the boys were out on the training paddock so they were told by the coaching staff they were all in a huddle I think it was really widely expected that Dan Bigger would be picked so he gets announced first and then and a, a double lion uh Northampton Saint Courtney Laws and you can see Courtney's real kind of like shock at finding out so I really like that more content like that please um I found today quite a weird one because um I was there for the last Lions squad announcement and the fact that it was kind why of why were you there how did you manage to wangle your way in because it's not normally like that on the tv normally it's the great and the good of of rugby and we're all in one room and it's a little <laughs> bit like um it's one of the only times that everyone's together in terms I know that sounds weird but like in terms of um, the Scottish, the English, the Welsh, the Irish press packs, because everyone descends upon one place. Last time round, it was the Scion Park Hotel. Um, and normally, like, you might do a game over in Ireland and you'd see Corks and people like that, at Michael Corcoran, or you might, you know, do a game in England and see the English hacks and stuff like that. Whereas this, everyone's together and it, it, it's got a real sense of occasion. There's always a really nice spread. Great gift bag. Great gift really? bag. Um, I'm disappointed this year that it's quite a um, 
kind of clinical hands-off process because I have actually worn the same dress for events for the 2013 and 2017 Lions announcements and, Man- and Magic Mondays, um, Messy Mondays, and it still fits. And I probably would have pulled it out this year for a little Instead, well. I mean, I'm quite disappointed you didn't get dressed up for this podcast. I mean, instead you're wearing a Lakers hat with a Disney jumper. Yeah, it's um, angel from Lilo and Stitch. Uh, I mean, it, you do look great. I mean, I can imagine the dress might have been slightly smarter. Screen, screen the dress. Um, you can actually see it in the video that I tweeted this morning of um, me and Sean Fitzpatrick at the 2017 oh, Have you seen buddies? Have you seen no, I haven't. So, like, I'm sat there and I'm like, obviously doing like, I was probably going on my Instagram story. And I'm doing this little like, oh, we're here in the audience. And it's only like a few minutes to go. I'm really excited. And I go, Fitzy's here. And I pan to Fitzy. And Fitzy takes his glasses off and puts his arm around me. And I'm like, it's a video. And it just like makes, he is one of the coolest, you know, most decorated all blacks of all time. But at that point, he's a middle-aged dad. So (laughs) you know what? He was the only person really that I'd ever been starstruck in front of. Really? genuinely yeah him and then when I met Zinzan Brooke I think it's because growing up in New Zealand um like Sean was the captain and at, like I knew all of the all blacks it was like mental and yeah and it we went randomly we were at the um oh, what's the name of the pub in Twickenham um cabbage yeah cabbage patch and they were filming in fact, it might have even been a lion special because they were filming Rugby Club, the, the oh show. And I went with Streety and there was a couple of other England players there. I was wearing, they basically put out a note to say, wear, don't wear bright things, kind of, we don't need loads of bright colours in the audience. I rocked in with a bright pink woolen jumper, um, stuck out like a sore thumb on the show. Like, I actually like remember this and we spoke to each other that day. This is like a memory that I'm unlocking. I can remember speaking to you that day. Um, because I'll tell you who else was on the panel. Zinny was there and Doddy. Uh, huh? Doddy Wick. Yeah, I've got a photo. I had a blue dress on from Oasis and a grey blazer. Still got both. Um and Doddy was on the panel. Who else was on the panel? I don't know. Anyway, should we should we continue with the uh the Lions chat as we've probably got a reasonable amount of players to get through? Okay, so let's start off. Captaincy awarded to Alwyn Jones as per um, all of the gossip and rumours we heard. Is he the right man for the job? Um, after watching him in the Six Nations, I think as a player, he was he was epic and, and, and really ripped into teams. Um, you know, you don't know really what a captain's like in behind the closed doors until you're under him as a player or her as a player. Um, but in terms of the duties that they, that he has, he's definitely the right person. Interestingly, Sam Warburton was talking about what it's like to captain um, the, the Lions. And he was saying that the on-field stuff is the easy part. Actually, it's the off-field stuff because you get so many distractions and actually you've got to be focused. And going on his um, his real jubilation in the interview today, <laughs> I really feel like he's going to handle that press pretty well and not really be too bothered by it and focus on himself. <laughs> I think um, Sam Warburton kind of reinvented what Lions captaincy means in terms of when Jono was picked, it was because he'd be the first name on the team sheet and he'd be nailed on for all three tests. I think the fact that Sam represented being a tour captain more than 
um, the first name on the team sheet means that um, Warren Gatlin was empowered today to say that Alan Wynn has to perform, he has to play as well as everybody else. And I think once upon a time, perhaps if you were picked in the same position as a captain, you might have thought, well, I'm not playing in a test match. Second rows who were in that squad are still vying for two places, not one. And I think um, that shows the kind of level of quality that's expected of Alan Wynn, even at the ripe old age of, what is he, 36? Um, I'm going to list the backs. We'll do the backs first and we'll do the forwards. We can have a chat about the players, people who have been omitted, uh, people you're excited to see, people you're surprised by. So, can I just have, say, have you have you waited your whole life to do a lion's announcement? In your mind, are you doing the the live lion's? I'd hate to do on this, this podcast. Oh, I would really? hate to do this. Should I tell you why? Because <laughs> I names are something that really worry me. Like I could know somebody since the day I was born, and in the right moment, with the right level of anxiety, forget what their name is. Like. I named yeah, but you're reading it mate you don't need to remember them so I will tell you a story very briefly um I was doing a shoot with the Wales boys a few years ago and I was asked basically all the players were being asked questions about other players and they had to guess who the player I was talking about was and I was at that moment filming with Rob Evans and I asked him a question and Alan Wynn came in the room and sat about two feet away from me and just sat there and said, like, and he just made me so anxious. And the question I asked Rob was, which of your teammates is a former scaffolder? Now the answer is Liam Williams. And because Alan Wynn was sat there, I, he said, Liam Williams, I went, no, Alan Wynn Jones. <laughs> like, no, I'm not. And I was like, yeah, I know you're not, but why my brain in that moment? So I'd be like reading, I'd be like, um, and this year's Lions are um Barry John. Uh, no, sorry. Um I just freak out. So, so no, maybe like maybe that's why he is a good captain, because he literally hypnotizes people with his stare. <laughs> um okay, so the backs for the 2021 Lions Tour of South African. I mean, do we need to go through every team? All well, of the I'm just going to list the backs and then we can talk about them. So, oh, Jock okay, Adam, Bundy okay. Dan Bigger, Elliot Daly, Gareth Davis, Owen Farrell, Chris Harris, Robbie Henshaw, Stuart Hogg, Connor Murray, Ali Price, Lewis Reese Samet, Finn Russell, Duan van der Merwe, Anthony Watson, and Liam Williams. Who are you pleased to see there? Who are you surprised to see there? And who are your notable admissions? Omissions. Admissions. Um, omissions. I think. Omissions. There was always a bit of a question around the the ten shirt. Would the would the Saracens boys be in there? Would Aaron Farrell make make it into the squad? Um, I'm really chuffed to see Dan Bigger, given his current form. I think he was probably the natural choice, and and so is Owen really, because they're both so abrasive. <laughs> um, and then you look at the centres. I think it's Bundyaki. Fair play to him. Um, you know, he offers that physicality that real raw like kind of just get stuck in and rip into people and then it's the nicest person ever when he's just smashed someone's head off um <laughs> but I think he's probably maybe the biggest surprise in all of that and um, potentially Ali Price um yeah but I think just looking at the list there's so many people that I number one Stuart Hogg I think he is a wonderful human being not getting to get to the test matches last time um on form, he is brilliant. Um, Lewis Reece Samet, obviously, you know, just 
on form again. There's no one like him, is there? There's no, and he potentially gets to go up against Tez and Colby, which will be a delightful um, uh, matchup. But I think the, probably the person, I don't know, looking at it, so, I've just got so many different things that I think about them all. But somebody that I was massively impressed with and I think is going to be really important is who wears that 13 shirt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, defensively, it's one of the hardest places on the field. But Chris Harris, um, from a Scottish perspective, but what he does in, in a Gloucester shirt as well is unbelievable. Whether he's at 12, whether he's at 13, I think between him and Robbie Henshaw, you've got two centres that are just absolutely like all guns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think we probably, it would be fair to say that George North would have been a nailed on pick after the way that he performed in this year's Six Nations. With his ACL injury that he suffered a couple of weeks ago, who do you think is the player that has taken his spot perhaps? No, it's a good question because I think the fact that George, like, I'm pretty certain George would have been in there and you've kind of got to look at well, what positions does he play and therefore who would you bring in? Um, you know, as a as a 13 wing, you kind of looking at that list, probably Elliot Daly. Um, but then, you know, I think anybody, everybody is going to be questioning the England players given how they perform in the Six Nations and then the Saracens players on top because yeah. they haven't been playing loads of rugby. Elliot Daly, for me, because he plays across lots of different positions, is somebody that makes a really good squad player. He's yeah. also got an absolute rocket boot um, and is class. On form, he is a class player. He is a lion already. Um, and so bringing someone like that in is like a, a solid choice. So he, pretend, I don't know, maybe him. I, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? To, it I wonder if... weird one, looking at that, that list, I'm like, who's your dirt track 10? Who is getting the rubbish end of the stick in the last couple of weeks and knows they're not going to play in a test and they're going to have to play out of position in the 10 jersey. It's not necessarily obvious to me, but um, there'll be a few people who will be worried about that. If you've ever been des- described as a utility back, then that's when you panic about things like that. Um, <laughs> I just want to pick up, we talk about Stuart Hogg a lot on the pod because he's a friend of both of ours. Um, delighted to see him there. And I personally loved the fact that him and Connor Murray's names were called out consecutively. They became really good friends in the 2013 tour. And then 2017, obviously, Hoggy's tour ended early because of the friendly fire injury he suffered when him and Murray went up for the same ball and came down and Hoggy had obliterated his eye socket. Um, Savage. It was awful. And I know that Connor really struggled with it because, 
they were friends. So I'm glad that they're both there again and they can rekindle that bromance. Um, <laughs> a couple of interesting admissions for me. You've talked about defence. You talked about the midfield. I really did think that John Davis would get picked, perhaps maybe on loyalty because he hasn't played well this season. But, you know, as they say, form is temporary, class is permanent. And I thought that he would have enough in the bank with Warren Gatland to get himself in that squad. So I'm surprised by that. Um, Jonathan I don't know. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think with, with Jonathan Davies, I, I know you know how he plays historically, and obviously he has been world-class, but I don't think he's there, and, and it's not a place where you're going to go and you want to take someone that's not necessarily completely on form. And I think Johnny May is an interesting one because it was it a shootout between him and Lewis Three Summit, you know, from that pace? Because, you know, Johnny May hasn't actually been performing that well. He hasn't been playing that well in club either. Um, and, like, he's been given the massive, you know, he scored that ridiculous try, I think, in the autumn against Ireland, where he, like, went coast to coast. And he has the ability to do that. But it's, like, does he have other things in his game? And, and is there some money that... And he always actually admits that if he was going to have a race at Gloucester... Louis Summit would win so um yeah it's an interesting I think the other one person I am I am gutted that isn't in that team um because I think he is brilliant and reminds me a bit of like me because he thinks he's a forward the way he plays is um Jack Knoll um he's been you know desperately um sad with loads of injuries all through his career and he's only only young still um but there's not really any winger that's like him, you know, in terms of physicality, <clears throat> getting stuck in. But he has only just returned yeah. um, to, to play. And you can't risk a player like that potentially going on tour. And there will be people who get called up. Um, I know that it was massively rumoured. And, and this is where I find it quite sad, the conjecture and stuff that we see in the week beforehand. Um, that Danny Kerr was going to be called up to this squad. Um, and that's been really built up. I feel really sad for him more than anything else. Um, just because when you see your name banded about so much, of course, you're going to start to buy into that, which I'm sure he has. He's, he's a pretty grounded bloke. He's got Jodie, his lovely wife behind him. But I'm sure that, you know, you dare to dream. And it reminds me of last time around, this happened with Jamie Roberts, where it was really widely rumoured that he was in the squad and he wasn't. And that's got to be a heartbreaker for those players. So I think, you know, you've got to put your thoughts with, those players today who would have hoped to be in and aren't and especially when you have to kind of swallow it and congratulate your teammates and and you know kind of park your own disappointments so you know what it it's so weird you say that because I've been in a position where um you know fortunately during my England career I, I was wasn't I was rarely put on the bench and it was normally squad rotation rather than um ability and 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 actually to be a starting player or to be picked into a squad and when your best mate isn't or when you know someone's on form and you're in the same position like same position is always a difficult one there's like this competitive nature for through all through your career but at the same time when you're in some in a completely different position you know and they're not getting picked or and you can see how much work they're going in and you see the heartbreak especially when they're your roommate you know I've been in that position before and and it's really tough because you live through the emotions with them when you're in that space. You know, I I remember, spe- you know, I spent probably more time with Fleeto in the build up to the World Cup in 2017 than I did with anyone else yeah. at all. Because we, you know, and, and 
you know, she was injured and, and ended up having to come late to the World Cup. And then I got, I was then removed from the squad because um, I got injured before the final. So, yeah, and I know how that affected her as much as it affected yeah. me at the start. So it is a really difficult one. And I feel really, I feel really bad actually for Danny because I think he has been absolutely outstanding. Um, you know, Mike Brown as well. Um, and I want, you do wonder, as people that have basically been retired by their country, are they still interested in those players and were they even um, looked at? Because Warren Gatlin's been to plenty of premiership games. So we would have been able to see the form those, those players have been on. That's one thing I would say about Gats. Like nobody, nobody's ruling players out for him. He's doing that. You think about it, like he had essentially retired Shane Williams from international rugby, but still called him into a Lions squad in 2013. So I don't think there's anyone that he wouldn't have looked at through pressure from elsewhere. Um, I just would love, I've seen a couple of videos floating around of reaction. I would love to see Ali Price's reaction, not just to himself being selected, but then waiting to make sure that Finn Russell was also selected. The two of them <laughs> lived together when they were both at Glasgow, before Finn went to Paris. Uh, they holiday together. They are great, great friends. Um, I think as much as Simon Zebo likes to think that he is Finn's true love, it is definitely Ali, and I think the two of them on a Lions tour is the stuff that teenage boys dream of. And and certainly when they were uh, young guns at Glasgow, that's the kind of thing that you like to fantasise about when you're a youngster. So I'm really pleased for those two as friends. Let's move on. To you know what? what? Just I, one of my favourite tweets is actually someone who just mentioned is from Simon Zebo. Um, obviously, he's got like a a little bromance going on with um, Finn Russell over at Ratting, um, and yeah, well, it's their last season together now with uh, with Simon going back across to the Emerald Isle. Um, but um, yeah, he put um, emojis for white chocolate and a heart, which I just thought is... <laughs> I just think is really funny. Um, Very funny. And yeah, I'm sure he's actually really proud because, you know, Finn is a magnificent player and he stepped up on the big occasions. Um, he's had injuries and, and, but at the same, and his critics, you know, and, and, he must have been nervous because the, the Scotland coach that dropped him from the squad then became one of the coaches within the Lions side. But obviously things were smoothed out. But, you know, I just think... And I actually, think I'm not sure, like, I, and I think having um, done interviews within those squads and with those players, that was never a, a Gregor dropping Finn. I think Gregor probably sees a lot of himself in Finn. And you think Gregor was a player who went to France as a a young gun too so um or not went to France but you know left Scotland to play as rugby so um yeah I think that certainly there's um some Scottish influence on the selections here because there are eight Scots across this squad more than any other Lions squad in the professional era let's run through the forwards we've got Tyke Byrne, Jack Conan, Luke Cowan Dickey Tom Curry, Xander Fagerson, Toby Falatau, Tyke Furlong, Jamie George, Ian Henderson, Johnny Hill, Maro Itoje, Wynne Jones, Courtney Laws, Ken Owens, Andrew Porter, Sam Simmons, Rory Sutherland, Justin Tipperick, 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 Macavinapola, and Hamish Watson. Um, obviously, the name that jumps out to everyone there is Sam Simmons. Eddie Jones doesn't want him, but Warren Gatland has said, you can come and play in my gang um love it love that for him love that for Exeter yeah and actually fair play to him because the way he plays 
you know, he is a unique individual and he's got his head down and the amount of minutes he has gone through this season with Exeter, I just hope that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't pick up any knocks because he has started, he's started to see more and more tape on his body. Um, and I'm not surprised at this stage in the, in the season, given how much he's put through, like in his, you know, in position. So yeah, unbelievable. I think the little, the people that I gave out little cheers for, which are really random, um, Tom Curry. Um, I just think he's just, when you meet him as a person, he's just such, such a great person. He's so, he's just, is exactly who he is, isn't it? In an interview, he's so like normal and lovely and nice. Um, also, Johnny Hill, I just think like absolutely brilliant. Um, class, I've known Johnny since he was at Hartbury College, and it's been brilliant to see him like become a man mountain down at the Exeter, you know, Exeter Chiefs. And, and actually, he didn't play that well in the, in the Six Nations. Um, when he did get a shot, I think yeah. he got, I think he got carded, but I know you've said. And like I definitely agree that he's been brilliant at Exeter. So yeah, yeah I think. You know what? Cool. I think when um he had that that game during the Six Nations, like I remember saying to to a friend, he won't play for England again. Like I think once you blot your copybook with Eddie Jones, he's quite unforgiving. And and you really felt like when he went back to Exeter after that, there was a kind of Rob Baxter puts puts players under his arm and he says, no, 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 this is where you belong you're part of my team and you're a great player. And I think that's really shone through. Um, and, and actually, I know that people talk about this all the time and I know lots of people have, have got different feelings on them as a club, but the last time the Lions toured South Africa in 2009, Exeter Chiefs were winning a championship final and qualifying for the premiership. And in that 12-year cycle since, they've won a European Cup, they've won premiership titles, the first England player to represent them after being uh, promoted to premiership was Tom Johnson, who's married to a friend of mine. And that was a really massive deal for the club. And, and I just find it amazing that in these three Lions cycles since that tour, they've now got four Exeter players in a Lions squad. That's, that's remarkable. It's an absolutely remarkable journey for that club. And it just, oh, I just love it. I'm, Wait, I'm a massive and you, and you think um, you think if um if Jack Noll had been fit and had been playing all season, whether he'd have had a massive shout at getting into that squad as well. So fifth pair, I think another one of the omissions that I didn't mention before is Henry Slade. I'm quite surprised not to see Henry Slade there. You know, it's not like they've got four bolters in the squad. There were other players that perhaps would have been involved. Uh, we we talked about George North with the backs and the fact that his injury may have then opened a slot perhaps a similar story with the forwards Joe Launchbury we were pretty broken-hearted both of us the other week to see him get injured he's actually going in for surgery today so sending the best of luck and love to Joe um do you think he would have been on this list and do you think he made room for somebody else he is unbelievable the work that he goes through you know in the autumn he was absolutely epic and England are a different team when he's not there you know they're fortunate England have got some wonderful secondary back rows that just put their bodies on light you know Courtney Laws is a great example of that um Maritoji like there, there's a lot of people that could Johnny Hill you know there, there are plenty of people but there's nobody that seems to play and lead like Joe does yeah. um I think yeah I think I'm you know devastated for him but 
I'm just looking at the list and there's there's lots of people that aren't in there and you've Johnny Gray is another person from Exeter yeah. that potentially could have put his hand up but actually that's my biggest shock Johnny Gray not being there if you'd said to me after the last Lions tour hell if you'd said to me after the World Cup which Scots will tour I would have said to you after the World Cup there'll be two Scottish tourists Stuart Hogg and Johnny Gray and there are eight and Johnny Gray is not one of them mind-boggling to me yeah I don't know as much as players you know put their bodies out around the park and get stuck in I think with regards to second rows in particular it's what they offer in set piece and I I couldn't tell you the detail in the lineouts but you know who who's good in lifting jumping calling all of those types of things you know Mario Toji is is world class in the way that he it's not just about what you can do in attack it's what you can do in defense and you know, do they see Johnny Hill as more abrasive, getting up in the air? Does he do more? I, I don't know. Um, but there's somebody that is in that forward group that um, I think you'd be really surprised that I am really excited to watch play. And I, I don't talk about this very much, but I, it's really random. His hair is so bad at the moment, but Andrew Porter... He is absolutely class. I don't know what it is. I just think there's there's not many props. Obviously, Rocky, love you to pieces. But there's not many props. I just think, I just, I smile when he comes onto the field. Yeah. And he is awesome. Like, his jackling. And he's just, he just loves it. I've <laughs> got a bit of a prop fetish, though. I've noticed this of late. And actually, earlier on, we were talking about our emissions. And you were like, well, Kean Healy's not in there. Which I thought was an odd person to, like jump into your mind but again it speaks to your prop fetish and I can also just well no I didn't say we were listing off people that could have been in there um Keen Healy has got the most crazy um quads anyway uh, you if you were thinking Keen about Keen Healy is an extremely adept and talented rollerblader shut the front door yeah honestly he's in his IRFU contract it says he's not allowed to rollerblade because he was like He'd be like out. roller blade or roller skate blade. Um, he would be out. He doesn't do like discos. He like um, <laughs> grinds. Do you remember that when you'd like go to the skate park and you'd like grind and stuff? I think maybe that. Means I remember going it when when we were um, young. We used to go to the youth club that was up at the upper school, and um, like it was when rollerblades were really like trendy. And I think I had my brother's old ones. They were too big for me, and obviously being like the rugby player yeah like real confident um obviously I would jump the steps like the boys would I had zero coordination on these rollerblades and I I mean how I didn't break my arms like coccyx and anything I'm not quite sure um yeah not very good you know who else is good at rollerblading who? and enjoys a rollerblade Amy Wilson Hardy no that um, surprised me I can you know what I can see Amy Wilson Hardy on rollerblades on like a Venice beach in LA in a, you know, yeah. with a big quad, with a, a big, big quad, quad um, and a little bikini. Yeah, I mean, um, she's talking more at... about people who aren't in the Lions squad as opposed to Amy Wilson Hardy. Well, pictures. props, props that you possibly think, I, I wouldn't put Kean Healy over someone like Carl Sinclair. I think, you know, the way he plays, how he scrummages, he's had a bit of a weird up down um, season at Bristol. He came out in the press and talked about how he wasn't happy there because he'd, moved in lockdown and I think like a real London boy um and away from home and, and not really settling in which was really strange um yeah, and, I love Bristol. yeah I mean great city but um 
yeah, I think for him, I think Joe Marler as well. I'd like, be him and see if he fancies going to like Bar 44 or something now things are reopening. I don't like <laughs> to think of somebody as not being happy and homesick. And, you know, well, it's interesting, like, isn't it? Because you, that would be a bit weird if I did that. Um, possibly. Do you know him? Well, no, not well, but <laughs> I've interviewed him once or twice. But, you know, I just that's made me quite sad now that you've told me he's homesick. And, you know, I love Bar 44 in Bristol, so it would be yeah, I would say, isn't it more about, it's more about you visiting rather than... Yeah, I mean, it is. Speak yeah. to my brother. Speak to my brother, Sam. I'm sure he will join you. Um, other people, Koya is disappointed about. Um, Billy Vunpola, I think, interesting one. But then you've got... Not surprised, um, actually. Falatau. CJ, Toby Falatau, greatest player in the Hemisphere. Um, greatest Wales number eight. <laughs> Ever. Uh, CJ Stander I was surprised by and I know this probably sounds like people are like, uh, but I think to me there's a psychology around things like um, the fact that he's South African and an understanding of that and like you know the fact that Duhan van der Merwe has been picked I think there's like an understanding of, of culture and, and rugby culture and the way they play and the way they think and the way they, they will break down the Lions team and squad so I was surprised that Standard didn't make it um I think the back row to be honest I think the the battle of the back row second rows was going to be the hardest because if you look at there's so many players now that can play across a lot of them and you know interestingly when when Warren's talking and he was saying that we um that we not I'm not part of that coaching team um (laughs) that they we as the coaching team he was saying um (laughs) Um, they brought in the first East seventh player and they were also looking at combinations and you know you've said about Joe and George North getting injured and actually what does that change because with the second row back row if you've got somebody that can be world class in both do they get a better shot and then also the the fact that if they're a line out option um, from a jumping perspective most teams like to have extra height yeah. and some of the South Africans are absolutely huge I'm sure they're about eight foot tall um, so yeah, I think, although they've actually had some, there's, there's a few of them, um, I'm not going to remember their names, there's a few of them up in sale and they've been injured. So it'd be interesting to see who is fully fit for the South Africans in that Seven department. weeks to go. Um, is that all? Wow. I know. It's exciting. It's very exciting. Um, I perhaps wasn't as excited yesterday, but it's amazing how the juices begin to flow after the squad is announced and um i'm quite tempted to watch the 97 documentary tonight i just might you know i just love it i absolutely love it it that for me is a massive kind of um like trigger point in terms of me being a rugby fan as a youngster and and that coming out and and being out and dad having it on vhs at a time and and like kind of learning about rugby and Right, hang on, right, before before you go into this massive big chat about um, growing up with the Lions, can I just move this pod on? Because you're talking about stuff that's amazing and getting the juices flowing. Um, we're only we're only going to work together on the weekend again. Oh, yeah. sorry about that. I'll be you coming in your ears all day. Um, oh, God. So... Wait, mate, I finally get pulled in to commentate on the Premier 15s. I've got my shot. I'm like super excited. Um, I've got no bias at all because it's Wasps and Bristol. I've played for both teams. And then I'm like around the door. Hello, Dave. Yeah. How, Hello, have, Dave. You managed, how have you managed to get in? 
Nathan from the RFU, uh, those of you who watch Prem 15s, I know there's a lot of you out there uh, who commentates on a Saturday, you hear his voice, his dulcet tones, slid into my DMs and he said, uh, LJJ, we are going soccer Saturday styly for the last day of the regular season of the Prem 15s. And I was like, talk to me. I can um, be your Chris Kamara. Right. Talk to me about soccer Saturday, because what does that even mean? So this is where I'm like, what planet did you grow up on? On a Saturday in the UK, the 3 p.m. football kickoff in the Premier League is not allowed to be shown on TV. So legally, the 3 p.m. kickoff isn't allowed to be a live game on TV. Right. So, so that it basically is it's to protect um like the that fans can go and see games and that they're not just like on TV. So the 3 p.m. kickoff isn't on TV. So on uh, Saturday afternoon, Sky Sports News has rolling coverage of the games, but you don't see any action. Jeff and the boys, and now girls, off, more often than not, are in the Sky Sports News Soccer Saturday studio. And Jeff will say, um, Chris, you're at uh, Craven Cottage. He wouldn't be there because I'm not even sure Craven Cottage even exists anymore, uh, which is Fulham. Yeah, they still play there, do they? Anyway, you're at Craven Cottage. Uh, Fulham have scored. And he'd be like, yes, Jeff. Um, Bobby Zamora. This shows how little football I watch because Bobby Zamora. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, need a, I didn't need to have a... I didn't really need to have a reenactment. See what happens. So on Saturday, you will be commentating on Wasps Bristol with Nathan. I will be at Worcester Saracens. The legendary Nick Heath will be at Loughborough. Sale. Sale. And Ashley Wilmot will be at DMP Harlequins. So all of those games kick off at the same time. You will be commentating on the game. And when something happens at our game, we will break into yours and you will see some action and hear from us at the game that we are covering. I mean, I, I'm I kind of feel like maybe Ashley might be coming onto the screen to reasonable yeah. amount. Um, although I think, you know, there has been um, a slight change in the narrative. I'm going to get that in. Everyone loves a work narrative. Um, with DMP beating Bristol recently. Um, but yeah, I feel like there may be a Do few tries. Do you think tries. they've got a giant killing in them this weekend? Um, yeah, you know what? I think actually all of them, the, I think you've got a good game. Worcester Saracens, I think it's going to be uh, a pretty tasty one. It'll be a yeah, fast track up there. Um, um, I think yeah. what's um what's interesting huh, this weekend is that we've got four solid games england players are back um uh, well all six nations players are back um who've been involved so far this season um we do know who the top four are that isn't going to change on the weekend um but the quins and wasps positions in the top four could change so we don't know who will be at home out of those two Obviously, that will be um, keenly contested between the two because, you know, that's that's a lot of travelling for the whoever the away team is there. Um, if you're Quinn, <laughs> it's a big old trip to Acton. Um, but, you know... It does make a big difference, though, being at home. And maybe by that point, will we have crowds? Will we get to a point where there might be people allowed at the semi-finals? It will be, um, it will be interesting. I don't know how many times I can say that in one day. It will be interesting to see if the RFU put these forward as test events. Um, obviously, you've got more chance of that happening if 
twins are at home and they play at the stoop, then you can imagine that would be a test event. Um, the yeah. same with Saris if they play at Allianz you'd hope that that would be a test event so or they might just keep their cards close to their chest the RFU and decide that they will use the final to be a test event um which I'm pretty is. sure is going to be played in Gloucester at King's Home I'm not sure for definite if that's yeah. been confirmed but that's what I've heard on the rustling grapevine um but I know that you on this soccer Saturday newbie it's it's slightly different isn't it the coverage because we've been able to access games on uh, Twitter or YouTube um, but it's slightly different this time isn't it you are right Danielle you are indeed correct well you um, are a technical whiz so well, why don't you take no our listeners surprise. through it it comes as no surprise that you yourself are across the technical elements of this <clears throat> Uh, so throughout this season, you will have been watching the games provided by Allianz Premier 15s via perhaps the RFU YouTube or Facebook pages. This weekend, this Saturday's Super Soccer Saturday Styly broadcast will be coming to you on the Allianz Premier 15s website. Ahead of the weekend, you do need to sign up. We're not asking you for blood type, date of birth, any additional information. You just need to put your email address in so that you will be registered on Saturday. It is the only place you can watch the rugby live this weekend. All you have to do is put your email address in to sign up. We implore you to do so ahead of the weekend so as not to crash the website and then be there or be square. The broadcast begins at 1.15 on Saturday afternoon with build up from all four games. Obviously, the Exeter Gloucester game kicks off in the evening um but the other four games are all on at the same time and it's going to be exciting lights out lights out oh wow <laughs> too soon too soon to be using that gag <laughs> oh wow you know what i was really frustrated because i got in i traveled down to swansea to commentate i got into the hotel thought yes i'm going to catch the last 20 minutes of the game um i'd been on the phone on the way down so i'd heard that the, it was pretty exciting it was like bish bash bosh between the both sides and then it was all dark <laughs> um yeah not ideal but hey england got the win um i'm not sure whether i'd, I'd take that i mean winning at 62 minutes i know you're frustrated though aren't you because you've seen some stuff on twitter I just like again i just don't think we necessarily help ourselves like i saw a few tweets saying this would never happen in men's rugby and i'm like do you not watch men's rugby because this does and has happened i mean Pool stages of the World Cup, Australia, Wales, they lost their lights. Um, so a, a section of the pitch was absolutely plunged into darkness. And I'll never forget, I think it was 2013, Rugby Championship. I was working on a studio at Sky. It was New Zealand, Argentina. Argentina were hammering the All Blacks. It was amazing. Um, I can never remember if it was in Auckland or Welly, and it got to half time. So we did our half time studio. And James Lewis, who was producing, all of a sudden went, quick, quick, get back on the feed. So we, we came away from the studio, went back on the feed, and I'm pretty sure it was Eden Park, and the stadium was plunged into darkness. And James said, oh, they're going to do a laser light show. And we sat there for about five minutes of this pitch black stadium when we realised they weren't doing a laser light show. They had to full power. And I was like, a laser light show. At that point, like, if you, you know, those are people who listen in New Zealand 
I don't mean to demean you, but if you watch Super Rugby on a Saturday, like they, the playlist is 30 years behind it is here. <laughs> I don't think they've got halftime laser light shows, but it was one of Although, those. Although, uh, I will say, I remember growing up in New Zealand because in the, it was when um, those red, you know, the lasers, the, oh, the, laser pens, the red yeah. laser pens. I remember those. Um, they came out, I think, just as we were leaving, maybe in the late 90s. And like they were bad. And I remember as a kid being like, oh my God, you can't take them. They're like yeah. really dangerous. They'll blind you. I don't think they will. Um, be <laughs> warned you weren't allowed to buy them on ski trips because you could buy them really freely in France. Yeah. Like um, hangers. <laughs> you um, know what? I personally think so that I is just a wanted to, sorry, that, loop. I just wanted to like pick up on that. And uh, so that game, 25 minute half time, teams come back out, New Zealand beat Argentina. Um, it does happen in the men's game. We don't help ourselves by saying this would never happen in the men's game. Why are we reducing it to that? This shouldn't be happening in any game. So let's let's not play. Also, say this is um, unacceptable. You know, it's really interesting because the 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 kickoffs in France are never questioned, and you got like the kickoff at nine o'clock at night. I don't. Apparently, it's when there's like the most coverage that they get on TV and stuff. Which okay, that's what you need. But I mean, be but also night. as a player, yeah, as a player, waiting until nine o'clock is so long. And and then I was trying to work it out if they did come out, irrelevant of the fact that they might have got cold and picked up injuries. It would have been nearly half past eleven at night. Like yeah. it. <laughs> It'd be like in that circumstance. Those little, those little, those massive eyeballs would have been like glued shut. Right, would have been shut. I've tried finishing off this podcast a few times. I'm sorry I did it before you finished off that story. It was really important. Um, good chat today, and speak to you soon. Speak to you soon, Fryhards. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 